Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you happen to be listening to us. This is Great Wide World brought to, together by the Internet. The last three guys do a podcast back with our Sunday live show here from Atlanta, Georgia. As I'm here, John Morgo, Daniel Bolton, Leon Brown are calling in as usual. We're discussing everything that's going on in the world of sports here on a Sunday, which uh, not really a rainy Sunday, but... Kind of an overcast, uh, showers are in the area, but that's not what you want to hear about. You want to hear what we think about sports, and that's what we're going to be talking about with Daniel and Leon here today. And here's some, it, I, ooh, there's just so much going on, I really don't know where to start. I mean, the Braves wrapped up their regular season today. They won the, the NL East for the uh, fourth consecutive time. It's funny, I see these signs, the Braves' slogan is, For the East. And with the number four written out. And um, always, if you don't look at it right, you're thinking it's saying fourth in East, which I think is a really weird slogan. Uh, but, you know, it, it means for, for the East, but the Braves did get that. Falcons lost to the Redskins. Georgia looked good in their win over Arkansas. Arkansas, again, top 10 team. Georgia dismantled them, another shutout. Georgia Tech took a step back against Pittsburgh, lost a shootout there. Georgia State lost to Appalachian State in another big game down at uh, Center Park Stadium. Reinhardt won on the road at Ave Maria, 40-16. A very uh, slow going for the Eagles, and then we'll talk about that a little bit later. And the big game tonight in about an hour, Tom Brady returns to New England with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they play the New England Patriots. So, again, a lot of stuff happening. I guess we should start with that Georgia game. Now, guys, if you're like me, you want to go into a time machine and just be, go forward two months to the SEC title game against Alabama because, let's be honest, the Georgia fans are going to be insufferable until they play Alabama in the SEC championship. And it looks like that's the game we're going to get. Yeah, and, and that might be the game we get for the national title game mm-hmm. as well. Uh, it's never have I ever seen. I, I think it's been a long time, guys, to where, well, I mean, of course, when you add Alabama and Clemson and then it's nobody else, but that's what it seems like right now. I mean, it seems like it's Alabama and Georgia and the third best team to me is Iowa. Iowa's a good football team. They're a great football team, but they're nowhere near Alabama and Georgia's level. Yeah. Look, listen. Uh, first off, the popcorn that that uh, that Mr. Kiffin told me yesterday was stale. Mm-hmm. Okay. They they had nothing. They had nothing for Nick Saban in Alabama. Right. Yesterday. And yep. it, and I want to thank you know I want to thank college football and and the SEC for making. The- that, you know, Ole Miss could hang with Alabama and definitely Arkansas would hang with Georgia. Let me tell you the difference between those two. Georgia, Georgia's defense, and Desmond Howard has said this, the guys on, on uh, game day, college game day said this yesterday, and, and I had to go back and I had to think about this because I am such a huge fan of that 85 Bears defense. I thought that that was still, the, still holds the greatest defense to ever uh, play in a regular season. That's what Georgia's defense looked like. I mean, their front seven is atrocious. I mean, their front front seven is hellacious. They come at you, and they come at you, and and, and they just don't care. Yeah. And for four quarters, that's what they did to Arkansas. Now, here's the difference, though. You know, Georgia could have scored. They could have scored 60 points on Arkansas. Arkansas just was not ready to play that game. They weren't ready for that kind of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But their coach, Kyle Pittman, was the offensive line coach at Georgia. And Kirby Smart loved that guy. And Pittman loved the University of Georgia. He loved Kirby for everything he's done for him. So he's not going to run the scoreboard up on him. That's why they ran the football all quarter long. In fact, I don't even think that Stetson Bennett threw for over 100 yards in that game. I mean, the the, the four running backs that they have, Cook and White, and White even scored on a punt block. So, I mean, it, it was just everything that could have went bad for uh, Pittman's crew at Arkansas went bad. 
And with Alabama, don't let that 42-21 score fool you. They took the foot off the gas. Yeah. Okay, at the end of the game, they weren't interested. They knew that they weren't going to come back on us. And, and of course, Saban was not – he was not happy about that because he was cursing yes. even after the game was over. And you beat them 42-21. Mm. So, listen, these are the two best teams in college football right now. But the interesting thing – that's going on too. Uh-huh. And the committee, and, and, and you know, you talk about the timeline, John. Yes. The committee don't want to hop in that timeline because if the if the season was to end the day, they would still have they they would still have to deal with the Penn States, Iowa's, and the case for Oklahoma, and the case for one Cincinnati, who to me picked up the biggest win of the weekend of, of college football Saturday. Right. They picked up the biggest win. Because they are a they are a group of five school that is trying to get into this college football playoff, and Desmond Ritter probably entered himself into the Heisman Trophy race. Listen, that team played a Notre Dame would have had a chance. But I said I said at the beginning of the year, Cincinnati was going to be that fourth team that's going to get into the college football playoff because Penn State and Iowa are going to probably play each other out next week because mm-hmm. they play at four o'clock on Fox next week, so they're probably going to play each other out. Okay. All Cincinnati has to do is win. But then you still have the problem of what, what are you going to do with the other group of five teams? What are you going to do with Coastal Carolina, who is still whose offense is still incredible? Of course, we know they're not going to get to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah you, we only have room for one, and it's going to be Cincinnati. And it's going to be Cincinnati. Right, right, right. So they're not going to get to the playoffs, but they'll get to that group of six. But this is the reason why. It's on the table, and it's for discussion for a 12-team playoff. This is exactly why, because you do have. Well, let's go. To, let's go to eight before we go to 12. Let's let we're at four right now. Let's go to eight. But again, right now, as, but you said it yourself, Daniel. There's Alabama, there's Georgia, and then there's everybody else. We can't even say yeah. Oregon because they lost last. They, they, they lost to Stanford, and yeah. a lot of people thought that they would. Right. I mean, so it's so again. It's just Alabama, it's Georgia, and that's it. I mean, we could basically call off the rest of the season, go to January, and let those two go at it. Because everything else, every everything else is just preliminaries. It doesn't matter. We're just gonna go to Alabama, Georgia, in January. Because Clemson has played their way out of it. The ACC has played their way out of it. The only undefeated team left in the ACC is Wake Forest. Is Wake Forest, yep. I mean, yep. so it's just, I mean, as much as we love college football, um, it's its the championship right now has lost completely all, for me anyway, it has lost completely all suspense. I mean, I hope Cincinnati gets in. I hope Oklahoma gets in. But let's be honest, it's going to, when the dust settles, it, it, when the dust settles, it's going to be Alabama and Georgia, we all know it. We all can see it, and I just and I think that's the thing that's bugging me the most: uh, the fact that we know that this is coming, and there's not a darn thing any other team, any of the other 128 teams that play Division One major college football can do to stop it. Yeah, you're right. And my my thing too, when you look at Alabama and Georgia's schedule, it, it's like okay. Where's their next toughest uh, opponent? And I, I for Georgia, for Georgia, I can't say Florida anymore because Florida got beat by Kentucky. So mm-hmm. I think Kentucky could replace. I saw that game and Kentucky looked very good, and they're ranked. They're ranked number sixteen now. They yeah, they're the Kentucky is the other undefeated team in the SEC. There's three of them. There's Alabama, Correct. there's Georgia, and there's Kentucky. Now, of and course, Georgia Kentucky and Kentucky will play each other, and that looks yeah. like that game is going to be the game that decides who, the SEC East the title. East. Yes, because Florida's lost two games in the SEC already. Go ahead, mm-hmm. Deion. Yeah, but when, and when looking at Georgia, I think this is the best chance in 10 years for Georgia to be Alabama. I, I agree. Yes. 100%. This is the best yeah. thing. And, you know, the biggest thing that stuck out, I mean, we, we, I mean there's so much to unpack. As I just want to listen to you unpack it the whole time, Daniel and John. But there's so much to unpack from this top ten matchup that we witnessed over the weekend. You know, it's so much to unpack. But my main thing is the fact that 
Georgia pounded Alabama. I mean, pounded Arkansas with no first-string quarterback. That just it is. That Arkansas might be ranked number twenty-three after this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's a wrap. They're, they're just not. I mean, there's going to have. I wouldn't say there's going to be a change being made in their staff, but that was not a good look. No, at all. I just think that it was. I just think that they were just too – I just think Arkansas just wasn't ready for that atmosphere. No, they, they had to go to Athens and get that game. And, and I think it would have been closer if it was in Fayetteville. But with it being in Athens and game day being in Athens and and game and ESPN's top broadcast team there in Athens to call that game, I, it, I think it was just – I think the spotlight was just too much for Arkansas at that point in time. They're a good football team, but they're nowhere near where Georgia is right now. And Georgia's seen this atmosphere before. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Georgia reminds me of that. You know, um, they're always in the ring. It's like they kind of remind me of LSU. Because, you know, for, for the longest, for the past 10 years, LSU has always been there hovering within the top five, but they could never get over the hump. You've seen the Auburn sneak in and get the title. You've seen, uh, you, you've seen teams sneak in and get Alabama, but always been Alabama and everybody else. And Georgia and LSU have always been hovering. Now LSU's kind of out there. They're, they're kind of, you know, they're, you know, they're, you know they're, they're, they're not where Georgia's at right now. Georgia is, is, is Georgia's time, I believe, to go off and get somewhere. If, it, if it's not going to happen this year, I. I mean, it's got to happen this year, guys. Yes. Yeah. That's got to happen. You know, my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I agree 100%. I think, and 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 get this game, they don't have to win the SEC championship game to get to the college football playoff. They're going to still get in if they run the table and if they lose. I mean, and if they're losing the SEC title game to Alabama, both of those teams are going to run. I, 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 what I'm trying to say is I really think that both teams are going to run the table. Mm-hmm. Alabama's toughest test will be against Arbor. And Georgia's toughest test, you can arguably say it will be against Kentucky. Yeah, it looks that way. And I don't think Arbor next week is there. I think they can beat Arbor. But they, they have to watch Bo Nix. And we saw what Bo Nix did to LSU last night. Uh, he, he made some plays like uh, Tyler Heineke made against us. I saw some plays last night from him. So, it, it, you know, we'll see, you know, what happens with that next week. But Georgia right now, they're only giving up 23 points all season. That's how many points they've only given up. All season long, they've given up 23 points. Oh, yeah. And for the audience listening, when Daniel says how Tyler Heineke did against us, uh, that means I'm, I'm foreshadowing a lot of smoke for the Falcons later on the second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean we got a yeah. lot to unpack in the Falcons. I mean, uh, because simply because they put up a they put up a good fight against Washington, but the defense didn't hold them. Taylor Heineke, who who actually is an Atlanta native out of Collins Hill, and. The thing of it is, he made some waves earlier in the week when he said he never was a Falcons fan growing up, but when he was at Collins Hill. I think that's probably just to appease his base over in Washington, personally. Uh, but, oh, yeah. So, um, I, th- I think that's where that comes from. But, boy, he had a certainly had a good night. And the thing of it is, the Falcons' defense is showing signs of life. I mean, they're getting to the quarterback. They're sacking. They're, they're, getting, th- they're getting things they haven't gotten previous like sacks uh, that's one thing they're getting sacks they're getting pressure but it looks to me like it's the secondary that's their big issue I mean we've really we've kind of gotten the line in a serviceable place but now the secondary is kind of giving things up yeah I'm, I'm gonna let you get that Daniel so here's yeah thank me so here's my thing uh Oh. Uh, this 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 loss today, I can pinpoint. There's a lot that I can pinpoint on this loss today. And and John, you're right. It seems like the secondary again playing soft. 
soft coverage. I don't know why they're playing so soft off the ball or whatever. I'm, I'm going to give Heineke his credit. He was doing some moves in that pocket that, I mean, that Lamar Jackson normally does. So he and, and we is a mobile my mobile quarterback and he can get that done. But there were some throws that he made. <clears throat> excuse me. There were some throws that he made, like that that last touch, like the touchdown throw uh, that he made uh, when they missed the two point conversion. And he just and McLaren didn't even shove the player the the defender out of the way. And he just made the catch in the end zone. And I'm like, oh, man. I, there's a lot of pinpoint plays that I can point to. There's two plays that I can't say what a ref did miss. Um, they failed to – there was a pass interference that should have been called um, at the, towards the end of the game. And the fumble, that was not a fumble. That was a fumble, mm-hmm. Okay. McLaren turn, makes the catch, turns, makes a football move. He fumbles the ball. We make a clear recovery. And they call it an incomplete pass. And, of course, there's no way you can overturn that. I, I That would have ended the game for Atlanta, and it didn't. And then you had the play that actually put them ahead with J.D. McKissick, who was on the practice squad for the Falcons five years ago, makes the play, uh, makes that incredible touchdown play. And – it, it it seems like we digress, guys. Like when the when you saw that the defense was getting together, we can't tackle. It, all of a sudden, we forgot how to tackle the foot the, the football so, players so, so, out so, there. Yeah, so it just seems like um, it just seems like that something always have something's. We're not playing a complete game. There's always something Correct. that's going that goes wrong that hurts. Because Cordero Patterson. Hey, listen, he is God sent. If we don't have Cordero Patterson, then I don't know where this offense goes. Mm-hmm. You can line him up in the backfield. You can line him up as a receiver. Cordero Patterson caught three touchdowns today. He was outstanding today. Yes. He, he's the only guy that I can pinpoint on that Falcons team that says, okay, if we, had, we had to do what we had to do. And believe it or not, with all the injuries that the Washington football team had, with all of the – with all of the um, the injuries that we saw, we actually had the biggest injury when we lost our punter mm. because that means we lose field position. Mm-hmm. And you had Young Way Koo, who is not a punter, kick punts for us. Right. So it, it was – listen, this, this was a bad loss. This was worse than the Eagles loss, and this was worse than the Tampa loss. This was a game we needed to stay relevant in the NFC and uh, in, in really in the NFC South because we could be two and two with the Saints. Saints. And tie for Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. With well, the Saints. Well, yeah. Because the Saints lost today. The Saints lost in overtime to the Giants today. Mm. Who we beat yep. last week. Yeah. So, it, you yeah. know, it, it's just, it's like we have opportunities here. But we keep shooting ourselves in the foot. And today, we really shot ourselves in the foot today. Because, guys, we were the better team today. For three for three and about three and a third of a, of a game, we was the best team. I really felt like we had the better football team out there. They missed two field goals. They missed two extra points. Hawkins missed two extra points. Yeah. And we lose 34-30. Unacceptable. Um, like I said, Cordero Patterson to me gets a star. He made the play. Dante Fowler is actually starting to get better. I like what I'm seeing from him on the defensive end, and he's getting to the edge and he's stealing the edge immediately. Grady Jarrett's going to always do what Grady Jarrett do. Those are the only three guys right now who are doing what they're doing. Matt Ryan was making some, Matt Ryan actually made some good throws today, except for that one where it was intercepted, but it was called back by uh, with uh, Chase Young uh, hit him with his elbow yep. in the throat. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was kind of – that was a questionable call, if you ask me. I mean – No, that was a good call. It was a good call. If you go back and look at the replay, it, it was. It, it, when you go back and look at the replay, Chase Young had his elbow up, and he put it across his throat. 
and and you can't do that. Oh, okay. At first, in real time, it was like what? <laughs> first yeah, off, it was like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but Chase Young did that one. Yeah. Yeah, I know the Washington. I know Washington fans are sitting like, what? <laughs> but then, just, I mean, shout out to the referees for catching that. I, I didn't. I, I, I don't know if I've been able to see that. I mean, whoever's paying attention to that, I mean, shit, that, that's why they're NFL referees. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was. I was confused. I'm like, who, who, who's that? Okay. All right. That's, you're the one. <laughs> But um, yeah, I was. I, I, I thought. I thought the Falcons had that one. I thought they had that game. And then, yeah, unfortunate. I think the, the whole, almost the whole NFC South lost today. I, I don't. I, the, the Panthers were very disappointed the way they lost. I mean, they, they, you're talking about a three and old team, you know, that just goes off and gets slapped like that. By Dallas, I mean Dallas look like a, they 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 made Dallas like a, a powerhouse, and I believe it's the fact that Carolina just isn't that good, and they were okay. exposed. That's a great point. That's a great point, and I want you to remember, Leon, and I'm I'm gonna add on to that. Carolina is in the same realm as Denver. Denver, okay, Denver, yeah, yeah, they are in the same realm as Denver, and and. Why? Because they who did Carolina play? They played the Jets. Yeah, Jets. They played the they played the Saints. Who I again I said it before and I'll say it again. I am not sold on the Saints. And the Jets. Okay? The Saints. And 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 the Texans. Oh, the Texans. That's right. They played the Texans. That's right. So yeah. So the Jets, Saints, Texans. And the Texans got destroyed today. They got, they got shut out by Buffalo. Going to win that division. They're going to win the division. They're going to win the East. Mm-hmm. But not only that, Dallas is a, is probably on the upper echelon. Like, Dallas is a very yeah, good football cool. team. And, and Dan yeah, Quinn. Go ahead. Dallas, yeah, Dallas secondary is a monstrous right now. I mean, exactly. One of their – yeah, who, who, who's that player that – that um, I don't have his name – off the top of my head, but has an interception and had two. He had an interception in every single game and had two today. Oh, Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. Stephon Diggs, Little Rose. Yep. Right. Look like yeah. the second coming to Deion Sanders. <laughs> and then Dan yeah. Quinn is yeah. your defensive coordinator. He is doing yeah. an awesome job over there. As a defensive coordinator, see, it's different when you're become when you're a head coach versus a coordinator. Yeah, yeah. We okay. never doubted that he could call a defense. Yeah, the coaching part is kind of questionable. I mean, he did lead us to <laughs> That's a Super Bowl. Yeah, the, 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 the head there. coach part. Yeah. Yeah, the head coach part is something totally different. But as a coordinator, nobody questions that he can call a defensive call, man. And he's got Michael yeah, Parsons, that, that rookie from Penn State, in the middle, that's doing what he does. So, yeah, Leon, going back to your point, exactly. What is Carolina? We don't know yet. We really don't know what they are yet. They, we know they had a good defense, but against who? You have to prove yourself in the league, man. And and it's not going to cut it against mediocre teams. Not at all. Which takes us, you know, to Tennessee. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I mean, let's go on Julio Jones out there. I mean, were the Falcons right to let them go? Well, well, you have to remember they they uh, the Titans missed their top two receivers today in AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Both of them had hamstring injuries. Both of them were out today. So and they and they go free. Yeah, he's unavailable. He's unavailable. It's so not, it's not that Julio isn't good; it's just he's just he's just unavailable. He's just injury prone. <laughs> he's just injured. His body's catching up with him. His body's his body is mm. catching up with Julio, with Julio Jones. That's you know that's the issue, and it seems to me that the Falcons made the right call. First of all, well, first of all, Julio didn't want to be here. Once Dan Quinn was was forced out, Julio just lost all desire to be here. Um, so that was, that's part of it. That's part of the reason. And yeah, and it's, he certainly hasn't been able to stay healthy. 
So I think the Falcons probably did the right thing. And there's a report this year, this week, and again, I don't know how uh, accurate it is, but the report is that even now that Matt Ryan is saying he wants out at the end of the year. Now, if now let's just take this on face value. I think Matt Ryan does not sees the writing on the wall. He does not want to be part of any rebuilding. He's 36 years old. He does not want to go through the rebuilding process. So that's my take on that situation. What do you guys think? It's, it, especially in light of what we're seeing out of Matthew Stafford this year mm-hmm. with the Rams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, for so many years, Matthew Stafford has pretty much taken the brunt of the blame of the disaster that is Detroit. While Matthew Stafford is saying that, hey, I am a good quarterback, I just in the wrong situation. So right. now you place Matthew Stafford in the right situation, and look what you have now. They're completing the first quarter of the season, and I, I believe the Rams took an L today. Yeah, they, and they but, took a big uh, one, too, because Arizona beat, beat them up today. Yeah, but at the same time, when's the last time you seen a, a Matthew Stafford-led team that was 3-1? Exactly. I don't think anyone. I don't think. Well, this is just from this is just from my point of view. I don't think anyone yeah. really said that Matthew Stafford couldn't do it. I think they said the Lions, the Lions' brain trust is an oxymoron. It's a contradiction in terms. You know, the lion, the Lions' front office has no idea what it's doing. They're like the they and the Jets are the two worst-run franchises in the league. From a historical basis, and I, I and I think that's and I think that's the issue with with Matthew Stafford. It's not that he can't do it. We've all said he could he, he could do it. It's just that his front his front office just doesn't just doesn't know what it's doing. Right, and you know, speaking of front offices, but I guess they were able to get out of their own way today and pop a W. The Chicago Bears. Didn't the, I thought the Bears were yeah, see, okay. I thought the Bears were winning that game. Yeah, the, yeah, they they got them. They got them a little a little, little win today. Okay. And this may they, it looks as if they may be trending upwards potentially. 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 What? You know, and I. I say I say the P word because we've seen what happened today in Miami. Yeah, where the Miami got um, they got ping binged <laughs> by the Colts. Oh yes. I, I I don't know whether to blame the quarterback or the defense. Well, uh, we got a lot of quarterbacks right now that we're just looking at, that we've given them a season to say, okay, show us what you can do. I mean, we've got a lot of quarterbacks being given that shot. And, of course, it seems like the problem is football's a zero-sum game. One team's got to win, one team's got to lose. And the teams that lose, historically, have been the teams that always lose. And it doesn't look like this season so far is is any different. Falcons are one and three. Although the Saints, they're, as you mentioned, Daniel, they are uh, hitting some speed bumps in the hitting some speed bumps as they try to transition from Drew Brees. They don't know if Jameis Winston or Tay- or Taysan Hill's the person to lead them. Uh, the the Lions and the Rams switched their quarterbacks. Can Jason Goff? succeed where Matthew Stafford failed or is it as I said at the outset a matter of it's just the it's just the front office for Detroit and unless they get a, someone who knows what they're doing you know that they're all going to be like that we're seeing although it, we're seeing we're definitely seeing the Browns turn around they had that game with Minnesota so we're, we're it's basically the teams that the, the teams that are winning still win teams are losing still lose and as much as we want to see differently, that's it looks like that's how things are going up. Everything's kind of trending in the same way that they trended all of last year. 
Go ahead. All right. And another shout out too. I I do want to give a, another shout out. Leon's not gonna like this shout out. Uh oh. But uh, the Kansas City Chiefs today. I'm still. Um, their defense still concerns me because they're giving up too many points. But uh, today, I think we saw a lot of Pat Mahomes cutting out the the and one mixtape play <laughs> that he normally does. And he's playing actual football, and he's throwing the football. And Tyreek Hill, it, 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 you bring this guy to the party, you're in trouble, okay? And there's no stopping him. Uh, Tyreek Hill had 11 catches for 186 yards and three touchdowns today. He was unstoppable. And when he when he's on, it's really nobody in the league that can stop him. But I'm still concerned about that defense, Kansas City. They did add, they did make great additions. And I, I just think that they can still they can still pull something out. They, I, and I think they just showed people, hey, listen, man, we're the defending world champ. We lost to a very good Chargers team. We lost to a very good Baltimore team. So we're we'll be there. We'll be there at the end of the day. Yes. So you know, I shout out to them and Andy Reid, uh, first coach. I believe he's the first coach in NFL history to win a hundred games with uh, two different franchises. Yes, so he, yeah, yeah. I, I just saw that. Yes, he did get that. Congratulations to Wilford Brimley for that one. Um, so for that, Mark certainly a testament to the quality of his teams and the quality of his coaching style that he was able to achieve that mark and he achieved it against the team that he did it for the first team that he did it for yeah right <laughs> yeah so Interesting. yeah so he did it so that's uh good again good for him i'm john morgo with Leon Brown, Daniel Bolton, last three guys do a podcast talking what happened in sports. We've all talked about Georgia. We talked about the Falcons. What about Georgia Tech? I mean, this is a team. They beat North Carolina in Mercedes-Benz. Then they come back, play Pittsburgh, and just get creamed. So is, it, is, this, a, is this a letdown game for, for Georgia Tech? Did they expend all their energy going against North Carolina and really didn't have anything for Pittsburgh? Or should they play all their home games in Mercedes-Benz? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, look, Pitt's no, no joke. I mean, Pitt, uh, Pitt is, I believe, 4-1, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And they're unbeaten in, in the ACC. You know, they haven't gotten to the – but a best schedule yet, but uh, look, I, I don't know what's up with Georgia Tech. You know, one week you want to believe in them, the next week you don't. And they just have to, they have to get it together, man, and they have to figure out what they're going to do. I know, and, and you and I talked about this before, John. You know, they're trying to get away from you know the wing T offense and go more of a spread, but you know, mm-hmm. you still got last regime. Yeah, you got uh, the players from that regime. There. And their skill you know, sets. You have to clear them out completely and then get your own players for what you fit in. So, I don't know. You know, they look, they look, offensively, they didn't look all that great against Clemson, but of course, Clemson's defense is just fantastic. But I just don't know what to say about this team, about Georgia Tech. What do they want to be? Mm-hmm. I think they have to ask themselves that question. And, guys, we talked about this. The ACC is wide open. It's wide open now with Clemson being down. Because, you know, I mean, you, you have to say that. I mean, Wake Forest is the best team in the ACC right now. Mm-hmm. That's saying a lot. Yeah, exactly. Because this, this, this is like the first time in a very long time that Clemson is not in the top 25. I mean, the, the committee looks like they're just done with them. Yeah, they don't know what to right. Like I said, they don't know what to do. Simply because Clemson is is gone. And not only that, the ACC has lost their really, really what is um, keeping them relevant. You know, the ACC is no longer relevant in college football. And we all know you have to be that. 
and you see they got the win. They got the win against Boston College and still was taken out of the top 25. Yes. But you lose, you win 19-13, and, only, and, and you really didn't win the game. Boston College lost it because they lost it on the snap, on a bad snap on fourth down. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you're not going to or that you think you deserve. And the only team ranked. And the only two teams that are ranked in the ACC is NC State and Wake Forest. Yep. Wake Forest is 19 and NC State is 23. And they're going to be on board for a class course collision. So, yeah, I don't oh, man. Yeah. And, of course. They finally got a win. Yeah, for yeah. yeah, congratulations, Florida State, for finally getting that W. But again, do you, do you does Florida State have any? What are the are, are there any big teams left on their schedule? I guess Miami's out there. Um, and but Miami, gosh, I'm I'm here. They lost to Virginia in a ba- in a bad game, and Miami is one of those is another one of those teams that. Just can't seem to accept their their status in life. I mean, I don't know how long Manny Diaz is going to stay there. Um. So you know, I I just don't. I just. I mean, Florida State Miami is not is not going to be must see TV as it normally is, and that's just the and that's just the way it is. And of course, let's talk a little bit about Georgia State. Uh, they played Appalachian State, and the uh, Mountaineers really uh, took took them down in a rather convincing manner. This is another. This is an Georgia State. That's another team that just can't seem to get it together on a consistent basis. So, yeah, yeah. this is. I, I was going to. I was looking at the NFL. We have another team. Well, I, I don't know if this is a fair assessment, you know, in reference to the to the fictitious three and other teams that are getting select. But and we were talking about Denver a little earlier, but you know, I, I guess really that's not a fair assessment to Denver because Terry Bridgewater was knocked out with a concussion. Uh-huh. And Denver ended up taking a pretty they're they're taking a loss right now to Baltimore, which I believe would have happened regardless of Terry Bridgewater played or not. My opinion, of course, and we have certain one and two teams that have pretty much risen from their slumber, and I'm talking about the Seattle Seahawks, who I have no doubt will be in the thick of things um, when December comes along. You know, they'll they'll, they'll be okay. Um, I'm concerned a little bit about San Francisco. Um, the the fan base is planning for a quarterback change with Jimmy Garoppolo. I guess he's not. Performing well, they got the they got um, Trey Lance. They want Trey Lance in this. Say that again, John. Well, they got Trey Lance. Then they want they want Trey Lance to start. And Garoppolo got hurt. Yes, and he left the game. He got hurt. So Lance still in today. Yeah. So it's just you know it's a lot. It's, it's just a lot going on. And right now we have um, another team. You know. But it's kind of trained downwards right now. Unexpectedly, is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh looks to be, look like they may go one and three. And I can't remember the last time Pittsburgh has ever been one and three. I mean, is this all about you know the you know the steal is either the Steelers or Ben Roethlisberger is just getting a little long in the tooth or? Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know where to start with that one. I mean, I'm 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 shocked. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I think, and, and I think we've been talking about this, and, and there's, there's something that has to be said about this. I think that this is the year that we have to start. That the Pittsburgh organization needs to reassess Ben Roethlisberger and probably uh, even the head coach. Do you think do you think Tomlin should go? Um, Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I think I think sometimes you, you run your course. Yeah, I, th- I think Roethlisberger has run his course. I think he this is his sw- swan song. If it, he should probably retire at the end of the year. 
they needed it because they they didn't know how to run the football. And you want to keep holding on to Ben Roethlisberger, and you can just look at him. And I'm just looking at some of his throws, and I'm like, man, this is not Big Ben. This is not the move. This is not it. Granted, it's against Green Bay. You think Green Bay is a great football team when they want to play, and it depends on if Aaron Rodgers wants to play, and he does, and it looks like he does. Right yeah, it looks like he finally decided that playing is a, is a smart move, and it looks like Green Bay just picked six. Ro- now they just got an interception on Roethlisberger. Yeah, exactly, and, and we just throws an interception, and it's like, what are we seeing here? I, I just think that right now, if if Pittsburgh don't figure out a way to turn this thing around, then I think you have to start looking at that that word that we all hate saying, and that's rebuild. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, time for some. The Falcons for, have been half rebuilding for a few years now. And I think probably if they don't do it this year, they're just going to have to go into a full rebuild mode. I think Pittsburgh's the same way, as it looks like Green Bay's going to defeat the Steelers. I mean, you look at that. Pittsburgh and Roethlisberger, he is the worst quarterback in the AFC North. That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. Yeah, Baker Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson – I mean, and then there's Roethlisberger. They're all a different breed of quarterback, and Big Ben needs to just needs to work on his Hall of Fame speech. So yeah, it's, it's yeah, especially that that last pick to in you know pretty much have ice the game. I mean, the game is already over. Mm-hmm. But so if you're a manager, what do you let go first? Do you have um, Mike Tanner write the letter? I, I would give Tom. I would. Get, I would. I would allow Tomlin to go on his own terms. I wouldn't get rid of him simply because. I mean, he can't. Age is one thing. He he can't do anything about. I and I think Tomlin. He's given Pittsburgh a couple of Super Bowls, so I think I think he deserves to stick around. I I think he deserves to go out on his own terms. If he wants to, if he wants to say, okay, you're gonna, you know. I, I would just give it – I would just let him go because maybe if you force him with rebuild, maybe he's got he, – he'll have to, the person in mind that he wants to lead his club, and I think you got to give him that shot. Because they have um, – they have the court – they have the little young – what's the young man who was with Washington who got let go but pitched him to pick him up? Uh, you're not talking about RG3, are you? No, 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 no. The other guy, um, he was playing for Washington. Washington in a abrupt, letting him go abruptly. Pittsburgh picks him up. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about, Haskins. Yes, yes, yes. So they they have Ben Rosenberger's replacement. Mm-hmm. It's just all about they're going to exercise, like when they're going to start exercising that option and I believe if the season starts to get away from Pittsburgh meaning if they wake up and they're like I gotta look at the schedule but they have a chance to go I see they're one and three right now chance to uh if they if they wake up and they're one and five okay mm-hmm. or two and six and playoffs are out of the picture because it seems to me that that division you have two playoff teams there already. You have Cleveland. Cleveland will be, if as presently constructed, Cleveland will be relevant for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. As presently constructed. They have the defense. They got they, they, they have the wide receiving core. They have the quarterback. They have the running backs. Cleveland is good. Same thing with Baltimore. Baltimore is good. As presently constructed, they're relevant for the next 10 years. They're training upwards. Mm-hmm. Not the case for Pittsburgh. And if you're Pittsburgh and you have another young quarterback in Joe Burrows in the AFC North, that they're potentially trending upwards. So everybody's pretty much has their future intact. The only team that is pretty much stuck in the past is Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I think Joe Burrow is proving that he can be the guy that Cincinnati needs going forward. Absolutely. 
have a he didn't have a chance last year because he blew his knee. Right, exactly. So this is this is his rookie year, really, and I think I think he's handling himself pretty. I think he's all things considered, he's handling himself pretty well. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, he's got the throws. He just needs the uh, the seasoning, the maturation that only comes with uh, playing. And I think Cincinnati has is going to be pa- at least the front offices. I think it's going to be patient enough this year to let him go through that. At least that's what it seems to me. So, but yeah, you're right, Leon. Pittsburgh is the team that they are definitely finding themselves on the wrong end of what's going on here in the in the AFC North. And as and like I said, I think it, I think it's cyclical. I mean, they they've got all these quarterbacks. They're on the upsides of their abilities, and Roethlisberger is on the downside. You cannot look at Roethlisberger and say he is the quarterback that he was ten years ago. He's a step slower. He, you know, he's can't move in the pocket as well, and maybe and he's not get really getting a. Uh, and really, his only receiver is the rookie Claypool. If he doesn't have Claypool, he doesn't really have much. So we gotta, you know, and this this is not a knock on Ben Rosenberger's um ability as a football player. It's just you know he's just on the wrong end of father time. Yeah, like I said, he's he's on the downswing. You know, he's on the down. He's oh. on the downswing. He's calling up Tom Brady and asking, "Hey, Tom, how you do it? How do you do it?" Um. So that so that's that's just what it is about Roethlisberger. And like I said, Roethlisberger pretty much needs to uh, practice his you know his Hall of Fame acceptance speech because I, I do think you know he's going to get in, in in five years or whatever the, uh, li- the whatever the time frame is for that. So you know, but that's you know that's just that's just it. Hey uh, hey Leon, there was NBA basketball today. Oh wow! Preseason starts today, uh, as a matter of fact, and it's a really good game. It was the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers. Unfortunately, it was all Brooklyn, one twenty three ninety seven. No LeBron, no Durant, no Harden. It being, of course, the first day of the preseason. But hey, Leon, you got to be happy that we finally have some basketball, the pro basketball, to talk about. Yeah, we gotta. Um, I wonder what's going to happen with Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. because his his um certain his, his certain medical procedure status will stop him from playing in all of the home games. Okay. So it's like you know, um, and I, I, that's pretty interesting that, that that New York will come up with those type of laws and like that, that, that. You know, but it is what it is. And I, that 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 could potentially ruin everything for Brooklyn. Right. That could potentially ruin everything. They 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 have to trade that man. Well, and they need to, they need to trade him fast. If that's the case, they got to trade him. I mean, it is what it is. Um, if I'm Brooklyn right now, I'm on the phone with Philly, and I'm hey, just 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 send this over. We got a psychologist on deck for him. Um. Let him know he doesn't have to do too much shooting. Just play defense and distribute the ball, rebound. And Ben Simmons will match well with Kevin Durant and um, James Harden. All right. Well, you can tell it's preseason. The leading scorer for the Lakers was Malik Monk, 15 points in 20 minutes. Dwight Howard had 11. Uh, Wayne Ellington had 11. Sean Day Brown had 10. And Talon Horton Tucker was your started at the shooting guard, and he had ten points. So again, this—I mean, we all know this is not the lineup you're going to see. And for the Nets, Paul Millsap had ten. Cam Thomas had twenty-one. Kessler, you know, David Duke Jr. had thirteen. So really, again, a lot of scrub, a lot of uh, not the lineup we're going to see in opening night. Hawks will play tomorrow against the Heat, and but still, you know, your ha- basketball is back. We're all happy about that, and congrats. And um, again, hopefully, we'll see we'll see a, the Laker team as it should be constructed a little later on this preseason. Um, it's not like pro football where the starters will not play; the starters will never play. But it's good that it's actually coming because we know it's coming because today 
the Major League Baseball regular season ended, and your Atlanta Braves, again, the four-time National League East champions, a team that really was fifth, was uh, really left for dead May and June at the two-thirds poll. They were 54-54. and 54. They had that really weird streak coming out of the All-Star break where they couldn't get a winning streak or a losing streak together. So how and they did it without Ronald Acuna. So really it's a Braves team that had a lot of adversity and overcame all that adversity. But does this is this a team as constructed can it go far in the postseason, especially with the series with the Brewers coming up? And they're going to have a tough time against the Brewers. I think the Brewers have the best relief pitching I've seen in a long time. Um, they get down to the fifth and sixth inning, man, and they can get you and they can beat you. They also have a talented offense, a good young squad um, that they have. But, man, going back to talk about adversity, John, Leon, you look at this Braves team, they did this without – the number one hitter, the number one, the number two, okay? Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what happened to them. So, uh, who was it? Uh, Max Free missed some time. They don't have, they don't have Soroka. Right, Soroka's gone. They don't have Marcel Zuna. They don't have Ozuna, who got, I think, who's their three hitter. Yeah. And the team come off out and they make these deals for Jorge Soler who struggled with You go out and get Soler, you get, uh, you get all of these different pieces and then all of a sudden it comes together. Like this team, you're right, they weren't supposed to, they were seven games out at one point in time in the East. Seven games out. Yep. When you when the best team in that division is down and out like they are, you have to, it is up to you, Met, Salute, Marlon, Dazzler, to take advantage of that. And they failed to do so. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting all this on the rest of them, but you, you got to get credit where credit is due. Atlanta, Atlanta bought into where Black was trying to and And it's as simple as that. Now, the NLDS, I believe, for them starts Friday. Right. It's Friday. So, plus uh, three. Hey, if, if we can get those three guys, Anderson, uh, Charlie Morton. Yeah, how big has Charlie Morton been this season? Whew. And, oh, man. He do, they don't win without Charlie Morton. Who's the other guy? Uh, uh uh, his name is Fame. completely out of my head. Max Freed. Max Freed. Yeah, yeah. All right. I thought you meant. Okay, yeah. I thought you mentioned Freed. If, if we can get those three guys to pitch like they did against the Phillies uh, to end this division and they pitch against the Milwaukee Brewers like that, uh-huh. Milwaukee don't stand a chance. Yeah. They don't stand a chance. Yeah. All right, we're running close on. We're running short on time here. Uh, on the last, you guys do a podcast. I want to talk briefly about Reinhardt, simply because I was down in Fort Worth. Uh, I'm sorry, Fort Worth, Fort Myers on Saturday, calling their game with Ave Maria. Um, Reinhardt won it, forty to sixteen. Another example of the team kind of get a slow start, but once the team got rolling. They were unstoppable. Defense, they allowed a couple of Ave Maria drives, especially in that first half. They also seemed to need to uh, come together and play a little better. It seemed like the whole team really didn't start playing until the third quarter, and it was a coming-out game for Bryce Burgess. Three touchdowns for Bryce Burgess. As, as It always seems to be somebody different each and every week. This time, it was Bryce Burgess, and again, a 40-16 to victory over the uh, Ave Maria Gyrenes, which is actually a name for a, it's a nickname for a United States Marine is where that nickname came from because uh, the president or the founder of Ave Maria was an ex-Marine. So anyway, now we go back on the roof this Friday, this Saturday at 12. Reinhardt will host Bluefield, another outstanding offensive-oriented team. 
So the defense is going to have to come play in this game against the Bluefield Rams. We know, as this one is going to probably be an offensive shootout, and we're going to be looking forward forward to that. I also worked the Pace Academy game against Lovett on Friday night, and Pace defeated the Lovett Lions, and they are now two and four as they head into the bye week. But most importantly for Pace, they are two and two. Tied with Lovett for the fourth spot in Region 6 of 2A. And, of course, Pace would get the nod simply because they have the head-to-head. -head. But there is still a lot of football left to play. Columbia is leading the league at 3-0, but they have not played South Atlanta. South Atlanta with probably one of the top rushers in 2A, Kiwan Brown. And they are also undefeated. And Towers is 2-1. and one. I don't... I honestly don't think Towers is going to hold that two and one that two and one position. I think they're going to fall to earth as soon as they start playing the Lovets, the South Atlantas, even the Columbias. So right, so Pace Academy, who has been in fourth, whenever they make the playoffs, it's been in that fourth slot. Looks like they might get that three simply because that big victory over Lovett, a team that finished ahead of them last year. So again, uh, this week Pace is off, and this week Reinhardt will start the Mid South schedule against Bluefield. One poll I saw had them at twelve. So they would still be in the tournament, and they just have to go up a little bit to try and get that home game following that last-second loss to Bethel Wildcats last week, 34-33. So that's pretty much where we're standing on with the NAIA. So, uh, Daniel, you and Leon will be joining me on Saturday up on the roof in Waleska. Looking forward, looking forward to getting into conference play. And I think you'll be joining me. I know you'll be joining me for the next four weeks. As here we are, Reinhardt is two. No, they are, uh, excuse me, they're three and two on the year. Six games left, all region matchups. So the region is going to start here tonight in this uh, next week against, against the Bluefield Rams. Guys, I'm looking forward to it. When you say the offensive shootout, you know what I think of? Billy Hawks and the balls Tolliman for six. Well, it's, inter it. it's interesting. I was talking to the coaches and Solomon the week of the um, the week of the Bethel game did not practice at all. He had shoulder issues and he had uh, COVID issues, so he was uh, quarantined from the team. He was did not practice. That's why he did not start, and that's why he. It seemed like he and Hall had trouble getting back on getting together in their playbooks, and that's why Hall was trying some other team, some other teams. Actually, I'm looking at the official NAIA. Reinhardt is, Reinhardt, it was in the 13th position, so again, still in there, but they got to get in that top eight to get a home game. It'll be tough with that, that two losses, even though that second loss, that other loss to Kennesaw State, all they have to do is keep winning, and they should have any problems and getting in there. A lot of football left to play. Yep, I'll be on the call for the next, what, five weeks? Uh, yeah, five weeks. I think uh, the only one you're not going to be there is uh, Kentucky Christian, and I'm not. And Kentucky Christian falls in such a weird place. Uh, we're not sure. I mean, heck, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make that trip to Grayson, Kentucky, because yeah. that is because unlike Fort Myers, Grayson, Kentucky is literally in the middle of nowhere, and it does right. it's not serviced by a big, major airport. Because at least Fort Myers was about 40 miles away. Because the team, that's where the team stayed in Fort Myers, and um, that so that team stayed there. So I was able to get in and out no problem. Grayson is completely different, and I believe that's also the first week of the uh, Georgia High School football championships, week one of that. So we'll see. So it, it'll be hard. It'll be tough to see where if we can make that trip. Hopefully we can, but. We'll know a little later. All right, that's going to wrap us up for this edition. St. Andrew's trip? I'm sorry? St. Andrew's trip? Well, the St. Andrew's trip is easy. Yeah, we can get we get to St. Andrew's because St. Andrew's pace plays on a Thursday. Um, the, last, oh, okay. the last two weeks of the regular season, pace is on the road at Atlanta City Stadiums, and they have Thursday night games. So, so that's simple. That's no problem. Um. Not worried about that at all. 
All right, so that's going to wrap us up here for the last three guys to do a podcast. I'm John Morgo with uh, Daniel Bolton, Leon Brown. Reminder, this episode will drop on Tuesday on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Appreciate your support. Appreciate your listenership. Please keep it up as we hope to give you great content in the future. I'm J- John Morgo. Thanks, and thanks so much. Have a good night. We'll see you next week on the last three guys to do a podcast.